0: It wasn't without struggle. There were definitely very low moments. There are moments where I was like, whoa, who was I? Like what, thank God that I figured it out before it was too late. We had, Wayne and I both like were in nine to fives. I was a dental hygienist. He was heavy duty mechanic and also plumber, pike fitter. And when I started building this business, which actually like a little bit of a backstory was kind of, I mean, most entrepreneurs like feel like they kind of get into it by accident. Not all of us go into it realizing like, this is what I'm going to do.
1: You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. we dream bigger and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty and I am with someone here today that really doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to give her one anyway. Um, as you guys know, on Think Different Theory, we do cool interviews and I feel like every time I do an interview, I preface it by saying we don't just interview random people because we don't. We interview people that are actually super cool and kind of specifically people that I want to talk to, people that I want to learn from. And you know Think Different Theory is my journey through life and kind of documenting everything that I'm doing. And when I have questions, I uh, go and talk to people that have answers. And one of the things that I'm getting ready to do is start a YouTube channel. But more than that, I'm, I'm trying to better understand video from people that understand not just how to create viral impact videos, but like how to create videos that drive revenue, um, people that are going to get, you know, high quality people engaged with that. And as well as just talk to really cool, awesome, amazing people. And so my next guest is someone who I've been friends with for, I feel like it's been a couple years now. Yeah. 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 yeah a couple years. Um, we've done some stuff together. She is absolutely an amazing human being. I love her and her husband to death. And we are going to have a, a crazy awesome conversation about life, about maybe some entrepreneurship, maybe some YouTube in there. Uh, please welcome to Think Different Theory, Mrs. Marley Baird.
0: Yay! How are you? I'm so good. Do you remember the last time we tried to record this podcast interview? We were like, okay, do we pull an all-nighter before our flight? Because we were both in the same city. We're like, do we pull an all-nighter and record a podcast? Or we, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: I, I was pushing for that. And you I'm were like,
0: sure.
1: you were like, well, I'm already like at my Airbnb or wherever it was. And I had a, like a 5am flight and yeah. you had a, yeah, it, it was only a couple hours. Yeah. A couple hours afterwards. That was in Boise. That was in Boise. That was right after um, Offer Lab.
0: Offer Lab. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was crazy. I and mean, it's funny. I was thinking about you this morning. Um, I have woken up the last several days with just absolute crazy pain in my mouth. Um, in it's my, really well, well, cause you're, a, ah. you used to be a dental hygienist. And yeah. so I remember like this morning I woke up and it was like, so quick backstory. I haven't been to the dentist in like five years. It's terrible. Mm. I know. <laughs> but so, and I know this, and the reason I haven't been is because I'm 25 years old and I haven't had my wisdom teeth removed yet Ooh. because I only have three and they're impacted. and so. There, there's this several thousand dollar expense that I know is just waiting to happen. And I've just kind of been pushing it off and I'm avoiding it. And so I woke up, you know, last couple of the mornings and like this morning it was so bad. And I was like, I wish I knew a dental hygienist. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I do. I had And I'm going talk, to talk to her on an interview this morning. It's going to be great. This um, so today's
0: podcast is about Josh's Impact of Wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> all the wisdom in, how long will it last?
1: That's right. How long do wisdom teeth normally, like when do they get pulled out?
0: Like typically... Between the ages of 18 to 25-ish.
1: And like, what happens if I don't get them pulled out?
0: Well, the pain you're experiencing isn't going to get better.
1: Well, I don't know if it's from wisdom teeth. I'm just, i just speculating. I don't know.
0: Well.
1: It is in the back of my mouth back here. It's all along this backdrop. And it's weird because like every day I wake up, it stays painful. Like the first day I woke up and it was gone in five minutes. And the next day it was like 20 minutes. And then yesterday it was probably like 35 minutes or whatever. And then today it was like three hours. And I'm like, oh, yeah.
0: let's see how long that keeps going on, Josh. <laughs>
1: yeah. And we're going to test it out. No, but I do have, I, I've got this, um, you know, I always laugh because I make fun of direct mailers and I'm like, oh. if you're not on the internet, you suck. Why would you be in the dark <laughs> age? And yet I get this like little direct mail thing in the mail two days ago. And I'm like, I should call them. And I talked them down from a $79 special to a $59 special. Cause oh, I'm that hi. cheap. I know.
0: No, but good for you. But somehow, perhaps they were still retargeting you, and they just happened to be able to integrate with that that with their direct mail.
1: Could I be, know. could be. I don't know. The internet's a crazy place. It is. But anyway, speaking of the internet, the internet um, allows people to do crazy things, like run a, a full out, full blown business and travel all over the place and never be home. Isn't
0: that You're, crazy? How, how do you do that?
1: I don't know. I feel like you do, though.
0: I do a lot. So last year, I really want to calculate. I actually have my calendar on the wall in front of me and it's more like more colored calendar dates than, than clear ones. Last year, we traveled 186 days of the year and this year has got to be more because even between now and November 12th, my birthday, I'm home for a total of like six days.
1: What do you do when <laughs> you travel? Like, I mean, like I know you're a mastermind like fanatic, But it can't all be masterminds, right? Like you got to get burnt uh, out after a while.
0: Yeah. And like, I try not to overdo it with the masterminds because I like, I don't want shiny object syndrome. And I also don't need, I don't want to be so overloaded that like, I can't even pay attention in the masterminds that I'm just working. Um, But a lot of our travel is also for clients. Like we work with clients, they can either travel to us, we can travel to them, or we can do it all virtually. But one of the services we provide is we create their entire video strategy, we script it, we storyboard it, we batch film six months of content in three days, and then execute their whole thing. So we have a few clients in the next month that we're going and we're doing just a a marathon sprint uh, filming session.
1: Wow, that's crazy. That's a lot of content. Okay, how does that happen? Because like, okay, so me, I realize that not everybody, in fact, most people are not 25 years old with a 25-year-old's energy. On top of that, they're not a Josh 40 level energy at 25 years old. I mean, I feel like in the last five years of my life, I'm like peaked out at energy. So, you know, for me, I've done over 1,000 Facebook live streams in my life, which is just crazy, right? And I've done very a lot less now than I used to. But the thought of batching out six months of content and like planning that out would be so stressful. And so like for me, I'm a very much like on the spot type person. I kind of document as I go, right? But then I see like content that you guys have put out and I know you batch yours and I've seen some of the clients that you work with like Christy Code Red and that content is awesome. And it's like, well done to you. Props to you. I mean, really, really good content. How do you figure out what you're going to say or what your client is going to say for six months?
0: Yeah. And like, we don't want you to be stressed about that. That's why we do it for you. That, Which
1: is I, awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we do, we do when we first work with a client, we do this like intensive messaging call. It's basically like a really fun interview. Although sometimes we get tears on it because oh, people business wow. businesses so much. Like it's so funny. I'll get Grown men who you feel like only have one emotion, and they're like, "I love my business so much." I'm like, uh. it's really cool to get that from them because you, you can bring that feeling out in the content too. Not that we make them cry again, but like, if I understand your your message and, and the impact you're trying to make in the world, I can create your content accordingly. Um, and so we we do that messaging interview where we have, like understand what their business is all about and turn that into their six months of content. But we're also doing the keyword research to see how can we get these videos to rank on YouTube so that it becomes an evergreen sales machine so that we can position these videos like an army of salespeople who are pushing your message around the world, around the clock, perpetually, forever, because it's a search engine, not like Facebook Lives that disappear a few Mm. days later. So essentially, you get to own attention instead of rent attention by positioning your content like this. So we create six months of content based on their message but also based on what people are searching for in the search engines like Google and YouTube.
1: So like you're creating content that is basically like searchable, right? Mm-hmm. More or less.
0: Searchable yet also polarizing because when you're competing with other people on on YouTube, on social media, right. We want them to click on our video instead of the competitors or the flash in the pan influencers'
1: videos. Right. So like I'm getting into YouTube. And the the reason that we do a lot of these interviews face to face is for the YouTube channel. And, you know, I've recorded several, even when I record solo episodes. And so for me, like, I understand Instagram because I, you know, grew tons of followers on there and I understood Facebook slash Facebook groups, but not really Facebook pages. I haven't really messed around with Facebook pages outside of paid advertising uh, as far as growth is concerned. But, like, from a YouTube perspective, YouTube is like a search engine. So is there, a difference between like how you create a video for search engine purposes and a video to like get lots of views and go viral?
0: I mean, essentially both you want them to be polished, entertaining. Like YouTube values watch time. They want people retained and staying on that platform. So either way, like if you make content that has that elicits that emotional response, that gets people laughing, that gets people enjoying the content. And I mean, you can do these kind of silly. Pranks or stunts to to make it go viral, Um, but for the most part, like we want content that is going to be engaging that people are going to click on, not just today but for years to come. Because you got to remember, like this is evergreen. So sometimes when we think of that viral content, is it like flash in the pan viral content that is just for that moment, or can it be found for years to come and still have that that high watch time and retention rate and so either way, you want to think of it like, how do I keep people watching this and interested in it? Not just today, but like for years to come because it's essentially evergreen.
1: Yeah, one of the things I like about YouTube that is always interesting to me is whenever people are like, you know, tag a YouTube expert, who who's good at YouTube, right? I always feel like there's, there's different versions of that, right? Absolutely. Like it's like, there's some that are specifically like, can get you subscribers, right? There's people that know how to grow channels quickly. There's some that know how to create super, super clickbait videos that are probably gonna get a lot of views, especially like partnered with influencers. And then there's more of like what you do, which I feel, and and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like it's like this mixture of quality content that you know how to get clicks with it, wrapped in with like really good information that ultimately is going to drive someone to take an action rather than just watch, right?
0: Yeah. That it has a profit strategy. So like in a nutshell, how we describe it is impact driven, profit focused.
1: Impact how so like what what does that mean?
0: So that the content is something that's not just like flash in the pan. I've said that so many times. Right, right. Um, but and it's not mediocre, it's not mundane, it's it's like people actually they have a message and the way that it's scripted is shifting beliefs and eliciting that emotional response and driving them towards conversion so that They actually do want to click and then join the email list and then be nurtured. So we're making the content, but we're also looking at the back end of how does this content set them up for their value ladder? So it's like you have a value ladder and the content is your visibility ladder that's then injecting people into each step of your value ladder and nurturing them to ascend all the way through. So there's videos that will bring people into their front ends and then also nurture them towards ascending to maybe their highest ticket offer.
1: Got it. So, like, are, would you consider yourself a YouTube person or a video person?
0: I suppose. I mean, like, video is my favorite and it's the foundational piece for us. But video is for is important for all platforms. Like, I love Instagram stories. That's Instagram stories are my other playground. Um, so, as as much as I love YouTube, I I feel like video for every platform is is my jam. Like, I love I love making video.
1: But YouTube would be your, like your preferred platform of choice. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Like, what's? I, I know you kind of mentioned like, you know, Facebook and Facebook Lives—they go away after a couple of days, which more or less they do. I mean, especially if you're doing a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, we've saved. So every time I do a Facebook Live, my team goes through, they download it, they categorize it, tag it, save it in Google Drive folder. So we have this like mass folder of all this content for the past however many years I've been doing it, hundreds of uh, Facebook Lives. But like, I could go put that all on YouTube. But why YouTube? Like, what? What does YouTube do right that Facebook doesn't, and why hasn't Facebook done what YouTube does?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that they're trying to. Like, Facebook Watch is becoming more popular, and I don't know enough about it to to tell you the differences yet. But I see more of it that there are like shows being created for Facebook. Yeah. Um, although I don't know how it's searchable. Like, I don't know how people find just yet. Like, maybe it's new that I or I just don't know yet. But with YouTube, like it's, I have videos from two years ago that are still generating leads for me all day, every day that if Facebook shut down, or even if like YouTube shut down, at least I've generated leads from it, from content that I'm, I'm building every single week. Like I create content and it sits there. I don't touch it. And even if like, if I go on vacation or if there's an earthquake or whatever, this content is still generating leads for me because it's evergreen. Mm. And it's fun. It's like, it's like a show I get to entertain I get to educate and um, Russell Brunson talked about this at, at FHL and I'm sure it's coming up in his new book about the different platforms that like people don't watch reruns of late night talk shows. Maybe they watch little sections of it like there's I, I still watch some of the little like spoofs on on you, but I watch it on YouTube. Yeah. But I it's, like I don't see reruns on TV of Jay Leno, um, but I, I'll watch reruns of friends all day long or any other sitcom that I enjoy
1: or the office. Do
0: you watch the office? I haven't watched all of it, but I watched some of the earlier seasons. I still have a lot of catching up. to
1: Oh do. my God. Okay. So
0: I'm How I Met Your Mother fanatic too.
1: Um, okay. So my girlfriend, Leah, she, we started dating and she had never seen How I Met Your Mother and I had never seen The Office. And so she is like a huge Office fanatic and I'm a huge How I Met Your Mother fanatic. So like me being the loving boyfriend that I am, I was like, all right, we'll watch your show first. And so we did we watched The Office and it was it was awesome. I mean I still like How I Met Your Mother better. We watched in the or How I Met Your Mother, but the thing with The Office is like it's just so relatable all the time forever. So like since we've been dating, we've been dating for like a year and a half, any time that she's here, The Office is pretty much on like in the background. I've probably seen The Office like four times all the way through and there's all like of all of it. I'm not even kidding. You. In the last year and a half because it plays so much. And like mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother still has my heart, but The Office, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely the number two show. And like, I've never seen Friends. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. But like, The Office is just always on now at my place. Um, Like in the bedroom. I mean, it's not in my office or, you know, in the recording studio. But like, whenever I'm in the bedroom, like it's just on. So I've seen so much of it. And it is. It's such a good show. Um, But anyway, you, you you should watch... You should watch it. Yeah, you do. Home. It gets better. It really does. But how I met your mother still will forever be. And th- I think for me though, the reason how I met your mother's is better is cuz like there's a lot of nostalgia. Like how I met your mother for me is like the first thing that I watched when I started watching TV and it was during the time of like my early days of entrepreneurship. So it was my only escape, right? Yeah. And it was the thing like my my best friends in the whole world are still like that's who i watched it with and they're still my best friends in the whole world and like what's interesting about me actually this is is an interesting segue do you have friends that you like grew up with that you've known your whole life
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so like since like five six seven years old
0: yeah or even like my my oldest friend we were friends since we were 18 months old in daycare
1: see my i i grew up born in wisconsin age one moved to la suburbs age 11 move across country so think about this on 11 years old everyone that you know your entire world like it all disappears like you don't really remember anyone before that so like my oldest friends in the book that i can possibly remember are like i met when i was maybe like 13 12 or 13 years old but they're still not really my friends like the only people that I talk to on a regular basis that are my friends, not like that I just kind of sort of know, but like are actually friends, are maybe five years old, mm-hmm. Ma- like six at the very latest. so like I grew up like nineteen years of or twenty years of my life where like I still know the people during that time frame of my life, but I have no like lifelong friends, and so like my best friends in the whole world are like only five or six years old to me and those are the friends that like I watched How I Met Your Mother with and like grew up on. And those are the people that saw me like in my early days of entrepreneurship when everybody else thought I was crazy. And, you know, I was sleeping on my buddy's couch. Those were the friends that, you know, I was staying with. And so I think that's probably why How I Met Your Mother is so like, holds a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. You You still are
0: crazy, Josh, though. Huh? You still are crazy, but just...
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. It
0: just
1: evolves. It it, it does evolve. It does evolve. Going back to the YouTube... um, like the the movie or the reruns thing yeah what are your thoughts on modern media slash like television and things like that when it comes to how youtube is taking over because like i don't watch tv right i don't even like i barely watch netflix and the only reason i have netflix is to watch the office and like we're watching a show called maniac right now that we've kind of been into that's all about like the brain and stuff and like, you know, mental games and stuff. But oh. like, other than that, I don't watch TV or the Netflix, but I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. And so like, how did how did YouTube do that? Like, what? why? Why do people like YouTube so much versus the TV? And what where do you see as the future of like TV? Do you think it's going all towards YouTube? Or how? Like, how's that changing?
0: Like I want so for me, like I have a smart TV now which still I'm not even home enough to watch TV, but I I recently canceled cable because I was like, there's no point.
1: Right, and it's like a hundred bucks a month.
0: Yeah, really, like I can pay. And so there's Netflix that I pay for and now Disney Plus is coming out and that looks crazy amazing. And not just for Disney fanatics like
1: me. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a Disney fanatic though.
0: But like there's shows like Lizzie McGuire is coming back. I'm going to put out a petition to bring back even Stevens like please <laughs> this content. Um, but even just that, like cool shows are coming out on right. um, Disney plus anyway. Um, but yeah, like even with my smart TV, I can watch like global on demand or CTV on demand. That's Canadian. Um, <laughs> my Canadian is showing, but I can watch global on demand and see shows that were played in the last week. So like, why would I pay for cable? And you right. can do thing on the internet. Like I can just watch Global on Demand or whatever from from the internet. Right. And then with with people having access on YouTube, and even YouTube has a paid platform where you can watch exclusive shows. When I you mean, pay.
1: I, I pay for it. Ten bucks a Absolutely. month. No, no ads. It's right. Awesome.
0: But even like um, Liza Koshy has a show. I think it's even. Yeah, called.
1: yeah. Um, it's Liza on Demand. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And like, you have to pay to be able to watch that full season. And because people love life, I mean, who does? She's so cute. She's
1: She's awesome. She's incredibly talented.
0: So yeah, like, of course I would, I would pay for that among other shows that I get to watch. And I think it's also the accessibility, like instead of, uh, of families, like gathering around the radio back in the sixties or now gathering around the TV in like the nineties and the early twenties, whatever. um, Yeah. We to 20s. Not that far. Um, but now <laughs> we have our phones. Like we can watch yeah. them from anywhere. I can be sitting in the airport and like flip through IGTV and YouTube and wherever I am have access to content. And I like I think of when I was in my early teens and like I couldn't wait to get home to be on MSN Messenger to talk to my friends. Yeah. And now like I can be anywhere doing anything and access anyone as long as I have an internet connection. Like, it's so crazy how connected we are and also right. how much anxiety that can create when we're disconnected.
1: Well, or even anxiety when we we're connected. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So I did a, a social media fast all last week. Six, oh, se- almost seven days, like six and three quarter days. And it was the craziest thing because did like, in, huh, did I did. Lost? Oh, big time.
0: I can totally imagine the- that. And it. sounds weird to say that, but it's like, this is the lifestyle we have.
1: It's so crazy to me because like, so I got off on Sunday evening and waking up Monday morning, like I, so I, I took my phone and I like, I have a charger on the side of my bed where I normally put the phone. I didn't leave it there. I turned it off and I put it in a drawer like away. And so like, I woke up on Monday morning and I rolled over and I just reached for my phone and I was like, Whoa, okay. That's right. I'm not on, you know, like I'm not on it. And like, the first two days, I mean, major, major headaches, like super bad headaches, wow. but I would constantly be reaching like for my phone, even though like yeah. it wasn't there. And what was interesting though, for me, and maybe like, I, I don't know why this is, I feel like maybe this would not be the case for everybody. For me though, it was surprisingly easy to stay busy because like I would constantly be looking for that dopamine hit. Right. And when like, it wasn't there, like my brain was like, Oh, I've got to do something. And so I would usually just go right back to work. Now, once again, I think it's because I've like I'm kind of in that work mode and like I've been pretty good about training my brain to stay focused and like things like that even with social media. But like what was interesting is that it was surprisingly easy after about the third day. Like Wednesday, everything really started to change. And I expected it to kind of take longer than that, but like after Wednesday, I kind of adjusted and was like okay this is normal right i'm not checking my phone when i wake up i'm not checking my phone when i go to bed and i didn't just get off social media i got off my phone like i didn't text i didn't have anything like my phone stayed in a drawer and off and so i remember like i went to walmart and it was weird because my girlfriend went one way she was gonna go you know shop one place i was gonna go get the other and like i was like okay i don't have a phone (laughs) and i'm like i don't like I didn't know what to do almost, right? I was like, yeah. whoa. And so I like started noticing like how Walmart was set up and like the, the structure and like realizing like all the marketing stuff that we talked about is there, right? There were the end caps and the value stacks. And like I started noticing all this stuff. And I started noticing people, right? And like even outside of Walmart, like just I'm like, oh wow, there's a lot of people that like walk, but I'm just I'm always so connected to my phone that I'm like plugged into this world. And when you unplug the amount of stress that went down, when because like for me, whenever I don't have my phone on me, I feel like I'm missing out, right? Like, or I I almost feel guilty of like I've gotta be plugged in so that I'm replying to messages and leaving comments and like things like that, right? But when I since I had made this conscious decision that it was okay to be off the phone for a week, because like that was a and I viewed that as a good thing my whole perception or perception changed. And like on Saturday, I was like thinking about it on for to go back on Sunday. I was like, I have to plug back into my phone. This is going to suck. Like, why would I like, I don't know why we have these things. Like they just, I don't know. They suck the life out of us. I feel like, and like I say that, and I just did a podcast episode that was released. Well, yesterday at the time of recording this, because like, Karma is a real thing. I've bashed social media so much on this show. And then, of course, like during my launch, everything gets shut down. My ad managers, I lose, be it put in Facebook jail or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's just interesting to me how much social media and our phone controls our lives. And to your point, like we can connect with anyone at any time ever, right? Yeah. Like that's such a crazy concept. I, th- I feel like I don't think people understand how crazy that is. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and to think how things have changed over the last like, decades and how fast they're going to continue to change that like our grandparents couldn't even conceive that like this would possibly be a thing. where our life is now that like imagine what what my kids are gonna have one day that like what? like we can teleport, we can like transmute messages between our brains like I don't know what's gonna happen but like that's the craziest part of it. Um, yeah. Another thing that I used to do when I was a kid or when I was in high school, my mom would take away my cell phone when it was bedtime. Because she knew that otherwise I'd be on my phone all night. Um, And it gave me the worst anxiety. And I would have like panic attacks. I would just be dreading bedtime because I, I was like disconnecting me from my tribe. And I would actually like tell her, I'd be like, mom, this is like my instinct. Like... Think of the caveman days, like you're disconnecting me from my tribe and now I don't know if they're gonna be like eaten by a tiger. And that's why I need my phone. Even if I'm not using it, I just need to have it beside me so that I can still be connected to my people. You're killing me, mom.
1: That is so funny. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> a little dramatic. I might've been a drama kid.
1: It, really? I could not tell that at all. <laughs> that, but it's crazy though. It, it is that way though. And like there's um somebody I know they babysit a lot. And like they the kids that she babysits, they all have iPads and they're like three years old, right? Like, like we're talking like stupid young kids. And so one time she went and she pulled the iPads away and she was like, go play, like go have fun and like do something. And they're like, what do you mean? Like they literally at three years old didn't know how to go play. You know what I mean? Like out in the yard, because the second they were old enough to have a screen, The parents handed them that to keep them entertained and to keep them not crying. And so like when she's like, let's go play house, let's go have fun outside. They literally just go out there and just stand there and they're like, what do you mean? Oh my gosh. They don't, they actually don't know how to use their imagination. And what's so interesting to me with that is like my parents, I, I grew up super, super conservative and like my parent, I didn't have a phone until I was 18 years old, right? Like I wasn't allowed to text until then. So for me, like I've got this full blown imagination and all these different things because I do I nothing else to do. I live on a farm. But these kids now, we're like training them to really not have an imagination, right? We're not even just training them to like, like the, the chaos that's going on in their brain and all of the dopamine is so bad for them. But what's going to happen in like 20 years when all the kids that normally would go and have creative jobs and further the next I you know found the next Facebook or found the next technology thing they, they're not gonna be there right they're gonna be just like like these robots and it's interesting because if you go watch a lot of like the movies like even back three five years ago that talk about technology and like kind of into the future um is it is it Wally?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah that has like those fat people all the fat people are just like super fat and like driving around on the little carts like I feel like that's kind of where we're headed. <laughs> that's pretty scary and isn't that
0: nuts? to your point about like kids don't know how to play, like I've seen so many of my friends' kids or nieces or nephews that they, a a big trend is to watch YouTube videos of kids playing. Like I was at a friend's house and her daughter was watching a video of a girl dressing her doll in different clothes. And I was like, you have a doll right there. Do you want to (laughs) play? What?
1: (laughs) It's nuts. And then on top of that, they're being flooded with advertisements from two years old, right? So we're going to be so numb for, uh, ah, such a problem. Uh. It's such a problem, but okay. So let's talk about that though. So one of the, one of the big issues that I had though with social media and one of the reasons that I, so I, I had a training program called social media profits that we still have people request to buy it and like go. And like, we still sell it kind of like as upsells or as specialties, but I don't really sell it because one of the things that I noticed in a lot of the people that would go through it is like, Josh, one of the requirements that you know everyone was noticing is, hey, you have to spend a lot of time on social media to make it work. And I'm like, yeah, you do. I mean, like, there's no way around that if you want to grow an organic audience, especially in a you know a more and more noisy world. The more time you have to spend on social, and we did some agency work. In fact, back in like late last year, we were running anywhere from like twenty five thousand to sixty thousand dollars a month. We would spend in like distribution for uh, content in on like big big channels of like, you know, 10 million followers, 5 million follower accounts, like these big things. And I kind of took a step back and I was like, looking at the amount of people that we were reaching in a month. And we're talking like millions and millions and millions of people on pages that were just viral meme accounts and like things that are just so stupid, right? And I'm like, I'm in a very small way, contributing to a machine that is just Not something that I am aligned with in any way, shape, or form, right? Like, I'm not even producing entrepreneurial content. I'm not producing value content. I'm not producing things that better people's lives. I am literally just entertaining people or, you know, helping contribute to this mass machine of entertainment. Where for you do you draw the line of like morality or like ethics in social media? Like, does it ever reach a point where you're like, we won't work with this type of person because they're not bettering society or Do you you like set, like, where do you draw the line as far as ethics when it comes to contributing to something that you're not in alignment with?
0: Oh, and that's such a great question because people need to have those boundaries and know that, okay, can I put my name on them? Can I put my stamp of approval? Can I feel proud of saying I helped this company to reach the masses or whatever their outcome is? Um, And I have turned away clients to go by either saying like, I'm sorry, I don't understand your your product. So like, I can't help you profit from it. So there's also that, like, if you don't have a model, if there's not nothing that I can say, like that I can help you with this or just the values. Okay. So I had a client come to me as, um, as a dating coach for men. And I was oh like, cool, like, like Matthew Hussey, uh, Matthew Hussey is more for dating coach for women, but still, I was like, oh, yeah,
1: I know who you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, turns out, he was actually a "How to Get Women in Bed in 30 Minutes or Less." Oh no! Oh my God! Um, and <laughs> that's I right like, up
1: your alley, though, Marley. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> like, I, said, I support monogamy. Um, I, you know, that's fine. Um, but I, I know, <laughs> um, and even just seeing, like, looked at looked at his content after, and there was, some there. Yeah, I was just like, no, I can't, I can't put my name on this. So yeah. thank, you. thank you. So there's it's, that. Like,
1: it's like there's this weird. There's this weird trend of like morals being skewed too. I was watching an episode um, of Impulsive, uh, the podcast, one of the podcasts that I listened to, and they were commenting about Instagram models. Mm. And they're like, if you were to go on Instagram right now and you were to pull up the top 10, 50, 100 Instagram model pages, by anybody's definition, like five years ago, pre Instagram, that's porn right yeah. like it's it's super like it's soft porn but it's definitely porn like there are definitely in a like highly inappropriate images on Instagram that you know it's not maybe not twitter bad and it's not crazy porn but like it's not okay and it's accessible by anyone with an Instagram account there's no like oh you're only 13 years old you can't view these accounts no it's like you got an Instagram account you can find it as long as it doesn't actually show nudity right, right. which is a pretty gray line there, like yeah, you can get just, away with it.
0: Like, <laughs> like that—that's all it needs to become nudity. Is like you can have just a tiny little piece of fabric, and right. then That's gone, it's,
1: and it's not not longer nudity. And it's like we're redefining social media is redefining what morality is, what's okay and what's not, and it's determined by whatever the masses decide, right? Like. Whatever we as a collective community decide that we like, which, oh, by the way, is a bunch of non-sexually balanced 13 to 25 year olds. You know what I mean? Like, yes. that's who's deciding the morality in the country, in the world even. And uh, it's just crazy, crazy interesting to see how that's all shaped up. But anyway, no more sad news on social media unless you, <laughs> unless you had any comment. I do, I wanted to talk about um, kind of a little bit of your back life and kind of your backstory a little bit. Um and more on the non-business side of things, but in the relationship side of things, you and Wayne, uh, uh, and kind of how you ultimately figured out how to balance entrepreneurship in your life, because one of the things that I've been big with recently, since my brother passed away, is like reprioritizing what's important,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think one of the big realizations that like I had was you know, everybody's after happiness, right? Everyone's after being happy, feeling fulfilled and you know, whatever, you know, whatever that looks like for each person. But there's this misconception, I think that you have to be successful monetarily in order to be happy or in order to be fulfilled. And I did, you know, I was thinking last or yesterday as I was running, like, no, like when we were created, I I believe in God. And I, I know that you're spiritual to a certain extent, right? So like when we were created, We were created equally. I think you and I would agree on the fact that, you know, all humans are equal. And when we were created, like God created us so that everybody had the ability to go be happy. Like God didn't reserve happiness for like a select few people that could make it big. And so when you look at that, you go, okay, if everybody can be happy, that means anyone at any place in time should be able to go and access, you know, happiness or whatnot which would mean that happiness and fulfillment come from things that everyone can access which would be like relationships and family and you know when your basic needs are met and things of that that nature and you know even Dan Bozarian you know who is like the opposite of any form of family value ever right like the biggest playboy model type guy you know super rich do you know who Dan Bozarian is No I
0: don't Oh
1: Dan Bozarian's like king of Instagram he gets like 40 million views per post and is just like stupid rich and just he's a terrible terrible role model but even him like who's got all this stuff. He's like, Hey, the happiest days I've ever been in my life is just when I'm hanging out with friends. Right. And so you look at that and you go, okay, so work-life balance becomes a thing. And you look at like, you know, Ty Lopez and he's like, you don't want to become an entrepreneur, right? you like, you want to be happy and entrepreneurship, like don't optimize for entrepreneurship, optimize for, and his thing is the good life. Right. So like, I feel like you're someone that has a pretty decent work-life balance with where you're at in life right now. Like you prioritize work, you have a, what appears to be a healthy relationship with your husband, which we'll get to here in a second, but like, how did you get to that point, and how did you figure that out? Because you went from dental hygienist to entrepreneur to where you're at now. What did you go through to get to this point?
0: Mm-hmm. It wasn't without struggle. There were definitely very low moments. There are moments where I was like, "Whoa, who was I? Like, what? Thank God that I figured it out before it was too late." we had Wayne and I both like we're in nine to fives. I was a dental hygienist. He was heavy duty mechanic and also plumber pipe fitter. And when I started building this business, which actually like a little bit of a backstory was kind of, I mean, most entrepreneurs like feel like they kind of get into it by accident. Not all of us go into it realizing like, this is what I'm going to do. So I had some little social media clients. Cause I was, I was a dental hygienist and I was bored between cleaning teeth. Cause it's kind of a boring job um and so i was doing their social media for that dental office and their it guy asked if he could refer me to another one of his clients and he referred me to all of his clients so that's kind of how it started (laughs) Um, and i was like wow like you can make money doing this and so i had some social media clients and felt i wonder if like one day i could leave the dental office and do this full time Um, and two months before our wedding my husband fiance at the time had a terrible dirt biking accident. I know you, you make fun of him for this sometimes. Yeah. Was, <laughs> it was a bad one um, and he couldn't go to work. And also he was like broken. He had both arms and casts and couldn't really move. So I also stayed home to take care of him. And because both and of us. And this is
1: two months before your wedding.
0: Two months before the wedding. So I was like, okay.
1: Good timing, um, Wayne.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, but like, <laughs> everything for a reason, right? Because when would I have actually made the decision to go all in on the business? Right. So, that was time. It was like, okay, hey, I got a wedding to pay for. I mean, I got to pay our bills too. I got to get through this. Thankfully, Canadians have free healthcare. So didn't have to worry about that one. <laughs>
1: we won't go there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know It's such a debate. Anyway. Um, and so that's when I went all in the business. And like, I, I mean, I don't know if anyone can ever plan for this. Like people talk about work-life balance and about... And, and I think in general, entrepreneurs start their business so that they can provide the lifestyle for their family that they want. But somewhere along the way, or at least for me, I lost where I was. I lost what I was, what I had started this all for. And I was so consumed by the business and got a lot of my self-worth from the business that I actually am so glad that I had a business coach that gave me a reality check saying like, why are you working so hard for your client's approval and for outside approval? Meanwhile, your husband is so neglected. And you don't need to fight for any of his approval. And I was like, like hit me on the head with a two by four. Like, Oh my God, you're so right. Um, And how
1: long ago, or how long ago was that slash how far in were you at this time?
0: Um, that was like probably mid 2017. So we got married August, 2016. So I was probably like half a year ish into the, or a year or so into the business. Okay. And so I was like, so excited about this. Like, look how I'm like I'm elevating my status and I'm working with other people and I get to work with their businesses and like I was just I was working all the time and that was like the beginning of my reality check where I was like wait a minute I don't like some of these clients I'm working with hmm. or or like I'm I have no boundaries cuz I just want them to like me so much um, and unfortunately, one of those was my mother-in-law. That I also wanted wow. my mother-in-law to love me, so, like you know, you want. I I wanted my mother-in-law's approval. Yeah, yeah. And so I want. Sure. I did work for her business, but I had no boundaries, like because I also wanted her to like me so bad. Yeah. Um, and it it developed a really unfortunately unhealthy relationship. And so when I took that step to say, "Okay, hey, I'm not going to work for you anymore. I'd like to just continue as family." it was really bad for our relationship and for the family cause wow. we were like codependent with each other. Cause I wanted her approval and she needed my help in the business. And it was a really like, it was a tough, I think we didn't talk for like four months and it wow. every single day. Thankfully it was like it needed to happen for us to be able to heal and have the healthy relationship we have today. And now when I'm making decisions in business, like we talked about before, like we need to make decisions based on who can, who do we want to work with? Who do we have healthy relationships with? And how does this actually support the lifestyle that I want to have? It's not just about making the money and traveling the world. It's like, is this going to be in my best interest for me, for, for Wayne, for our future family, um, and for the people around us?
1: Hmm. So like what had to change in your life to make that happen? Cause like, I feel like m- most entrepreneurs, uh, uh, let me back up here. revenue wise at that point, like roughly where were you at?
0: Um, at that point, I was probably making like twenty thousand a month. and and when I let go of a bunch of clients like
1: gross was, revenue, right? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And then let go of a bunch of clients. and then after that, I was probably at like under ten. and Wayne wasn't was Wayne working at the time. Wayne had joined the business at that time. So that was all of our. Revenue.
1: Got it. So, like, one of the things that I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs feel like, and I know I did for a while until I kind of figured it out, per se, was like, okay, listen, I I get it. Like, I need to have a, a, a balance in my life, right? But also, I'm growing a business and I need to get this to a point where I can take a step back and give my husband or my wife, you know, the, Attention that they deserve but like if I do that I'm giving up momentum and I'm gonna take you know I'm gonna go from twenty thousand a month to ten thousand a month most people I feel like that are struggling with this are not at a point yet where they have a, a team and, and can go and and delegate things and pass things off in a full capacity mode um, like others can and it sounds like I mean you didn't have a, a team at this time so yeah. like what needed to change and what like, how did you make that decision to go, you know what, okay, I know that I'm going to take a financial hit here, but it's worth it to say my marriage or you know to improve the quality of my life. Like, what was that decision point and what changed?
0: Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was the realization that first of all, like my marriage was suffering hard and also that I didn't like who I was. And this was probably the second time in my life where I realized that I was living my life half asleep, that I was like on autopilot, that I was just, I was doing things because of, the status the dopamine the the excitement the growth but like not real like going back to what am i doing this for the first time i had that like whoa i'm living my life half asleep was my cousin died and so i'm sure like having that just you can relate to that that tragedy that happens in your life that you're like whoa, whoa.
1: Where am right.
0: i what am i doing with my life um and just being really honest with yourself and going, is what is this actually worth? Is this worth me losing my marriage and worth me hating my life and probably having to spend this money on therapy in the future? So I I let go of those clients and we took a big revenue hit. And I luckily had family, like my parents are also, I'm very close to them. And they said like, Marley, you're obviously like, we, we don't recognize you. Like we know that you're not mm. happy. Whatever it takes, like if we have to support you, we will. And luckily they never had to. Because I also believe that when you make space and remove the things that are not in your best interest or for your highest purpose, that once you make that space, something else will fill it. So it wasn't long before I was like, I got one more client that was like a $7,000. So then I was back up to 17,000 a month. And then shortly after, because I was also in a better energy, I was able to attract the right kind of clients and to put out the right message instead of just being like, hustle all the time. And even if you have no boundaries and you don't sleep. And like, I just, I was able to reset and yes, it was hard. And even like what you were talking about with disconnecting from your phone, like I would wake up in the morning and panic, looking at my phone, being like, Oh my God, what the sky is falling. And what, what fires do I have to put out? But I was like, wait a minute. I let go of those clients that created that stress for me. Like I had to heal from that because I also felt like that was normal, but it, yeah. it wasn't the normal that I wanted. Right. That that helped to finally heal from, from that mindset.
1: I think that one of the things that that were the normal things as well, and I'd be curious your thoughts on it is like, I kind of feel like we're told that that's what, how it's supposed to be. That like this, you know, you, even though, you know, people like, I know for me, like the wolf of wall street, right? Like Jordan Belfort, like you hear his life story and you're like, it's so jacked up, right? Like, it's just so insane, but you go, oh, but if you're uber successful, you should have a period in your life when you're like that, right? You know what I mean? And like you start to justify like the most crazy things in your head because somebody else that was super successful did it. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan Holiday, do you know the author Ryan Holiday? He's one of my favorite authors uh, ever. Um, I, I read it, I was reading, I think it was Ego is the Enemy. I think it was, it was either that one of the obstacles away. But in his book, he mentions how like he literally had a freak out attack. And this was kind of like a, a wake up moment for him when he got off the plane. Um, he, this is when he was working at American Apparel and he was like this marketing director person. It's like 10 o'clock on a Friday night and he gets home and his internet is out and he just goes into this absolute freak panic attack because he's like, I've got to send out these emails at 10 o'clock on a Friday night for, you know, to make a company money that was not even paying him decent money. He was you know, having to travel all over the place. He was constantly stressed out. For what, right? And he's yeah. like, I looked at myself and I was like, I'm working 80 hours a week for a company that does not care about me that would replace me in two seconds to make them millions of dollars upon, which I will see nothing of, for clothes that I care nothing about, for values that I don't align with. And it's like, where does it stop? And he goes, yeah. but I couldn't say no to the challenge. I couldn't say no to a good opportunity or a good story. Like I had to do it. And it took him literally going to... I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently there's things called work, workaholic anonymous meetings instead of alcoholic anonymous meetings. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, like, he literally had to go and do that. And one of the biggest things that they pushed and that they stressed there was like, you're a human being, not a human doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, just to be like present and aware of like, okay, it's like, you're, you as a human being are enough. Right, like you don't have to do anything. You don't have to, you know, complete and be uber, uber successful in order to have value. Like you, you as a human being, simply is enough. And I think that that's a point where, like, it's just just crazy to me how much our identity drives everything that we do. And mm-hmm. when our identity says that I'm this person, like, we'll sacrifice anything, right, to to get to that level. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. There's two words or phrases, statements in my life that I always come back to, and it's. Be, do, have, and commitment. So be, do, have, like, exactly what you're saying about identity. Who do you need to be? What do you need to do to have what you want to have? And I had the reality check to look at, well, who am I being right now where I'm working my face off? And I say that I'm family-oriented, but my actions aren't showing that. So if I want to have the lifestyle, the family, the luxuries that I want to have, sure, I might have the money part if I keep working this way, but I'm not going to have the happiness or even a husband next to me if I keep going down this path. and then the other one commitment and that's like i want to get that tattooed on me somewhere like i love the word commitment and even just Hmm. how how that makes me feel of like i i am a person my identity is fully committed that when i say i'm going to do something i'm going to show up i'm going to be on time i'm not going to flake on it i'm not going to say that i'm going to do something and like change my mind because commitment is a isn't just a promise it's it's who you are and it's it's commitment doesn't care how you feel so if i'm committed to waking up at 5am in the morning, and I feel tired, I feel like this bed is comfortable, commitment doesn't care how you feel. So the same thing with like, if I am committed to being a good wife, but like, I feel like this is this momentum is really good. Like, I still have to make the decisions and follow through. So commitment and be do have like the things that I always remind myself of to be like, okay, reality check, are you happy with who you're being? And are you following through on your commitments?
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I think that Man, I I do like that. The fact that commitment is not just an action. Like it doesn't, like it's part of who you are. I, I like that a lot. Um, I want to move on to one more topic, but before I do that, I, I want to ask you a little bit more about like your husband specifically. You guys seem to have a really awesome relationship now. And it is, I mean, Instagram, social media, it's a highlight reel. I get it, right? <laughs> um, but like you guys seem to really be in love. And obviously like, I know like Wayne and like, we are talking about box back and forth sometimes or whatever, but like, how has, like, how do you deal with times when you're not like that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, h- how do you deal with, cause like, you know, I'm not married, but Lee and I are pretty serious. I'm, you know, m- like, I'm going to get married someday. Right. And like, for me, I'm like, okay, relationships are for me, especially like a marriage is always going to be most important. And like I look at my parents and like how my dad prioritized his family and his marriage overwork always. But I also know that like there are times when like there are some work things that do need to get done. And sometimes that's an inconvenient truth. But like, it's just, it's a fact, right? Like you're running a business, you have responsibilities, especially when you're, you know, client-based. So when there's stress in the sense of like you're under deadlines, I know he's kind of involved in the business too. So he kind of understands that. But like, I'm sure there are days when it's like, you'd love to hang out with him, but you've got work to do. Right. And there's, you know, stress, you know, related to that. So like, how do you and him work through that when things aren't well?
0: Mm -hmm. And the good side of it is that we're like a really good yin and yang that like, he's really easygoing, loves adventure. He can like pull me out of when I'm in workaholic or just work mode. Um, and then I can also help him to structure, what needs to get done and and not being overwhelmed with all the commitments that we have. But yeah, there, there's definitely times where like, it's tough or we're busy or really overwhelmed, especially with all the travel. I personally love the momentum that comes with travel and with really get to see, like, I, I really Mm. enjoy it. There's a time of course where I'm like, yeah, I haven't been in my own bed for like three weeks. I'm ready to go. (laughs) You know that time
1: where you,
0: but I enjoy it for Wayne. He often feels like, I need structure. I need stability. And so we had to like really work through that to go, okay, well, what's the compromise? Like, is it that can, can we create structure and stability wherever we are? Is it that we need to restructure the business to be at home more than we're on the road? And like, we have to find compromise in that. And sometimes have really tough conversations. And I don't know if you know this, I'm a little stubborn. so (laughs) So I have a hard time even just like sometimes if I see things my way and I really want him to see it my way, um, sometimes we just have to take that space to like, just think the great thing also is like when we have just dis- disagreements, um, it doesn't take long for us to come back together and figure things out. Like mm. I can be stubborn in the moment, but I also have a pretty short memory span. So in like five minutes I'll be like, Hey, what are you doing? Um, and- I
1: feel like Leah and I are that way too. Honestly. Yeah. Um, we, we haven't had very many big fights, like, I mean, we've been dating for a year and almost well, a year and a th- couple few months now. Um, mm-hmm. And like, we've had maybe like one or two like actual like big fights. And most of our disagreements, like we'll be like Arr! in the moment. And then just like five minutes later, like we'll both go and just cool off. And be like, yeah. all right, so let's, you know, let's talk this through. Yeah. And like, I'm more of a talker, right? And I'm like, talk to me. And she's just more of like, I'll tell you exactly what you need to know. Just ask me questions and I'll yeah. tell you information and kind of go. And so I feel like if you just communicate, then that helps a lot.
0: And I'm a very verbal processor, so I want to talk things out. And Wing often needs space. So that drives me crazy too, that I'm like, no, tell me how you're (laughs) feeling. And he's like, and then he, it sometimes takes some time. So that's something that I've also had to learn that I might not get that answer immediately. I may have to wait for it, or like I might get half of an answer and then have him open up more even later. And then that brings on a really good conversation. But we even had like a really great, but also tense conversation the other day about like roles in the business. And it's also just so important to come at it like with love and respect that sometimes even if, even if it does feel tense to sometimes even just like pretend that there's someone else there watching the conversation. <laughs> like if you mm. have someone that's, that's yeah. listening um, to that you sometimes might be more kinder than your impulses want you to be. So it it just helps to try to see things from each other's perspective and just to lay it out on the table or even to sometimes be like, okay, the story I'm telling myself is like, or here's how I'm hearing this. Is that yeah. right? Like kind of having that like gut check of wait, so this is how I'm feeling. Is that what you mean? Um, and that's been really helpful too.
1: That's awesome. D- does, uh, do either one of you like prefer like texting or like writing, or writing out your thoughts before you go into the conversation?
0: Sometimes, and sometimes that drives me crazy too, that like Wayne will walk away from a conversation and then he'll text me and I'll like, just talk to me.
1: <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you and I are so similar and Wayne and Leah must be pretty similar because like that's the exact same thing. Like yeah. we'll be in a conversation and Leah will just go cool off or I'll go cool off or whatever. And I'll be like, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. And then nothing. And then like an hour later, I'll get a text from her. That's like this long, but it explains everything. And right. then we can go talk, but like she needs to get her her thoughts down on paper to kind of like analyze them and where I'm just like, let's just talk it out. We'll figure it out in the process. You know what I mean? Figure it out in the moment. Um, but, uh, okay. This, I mean, it's good to know. I think that that's a real thing that a lot of people are just not willing to, to talk about is like, you do have to have hard conversations and it's not all, you know, roses and happiness all day long, you know?
0: But it's like, it's those hard conversations that can make more of the roses and happiness and make it last longer. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, there's rough patches, but when you're committed to the relationship and know that like, part of the reason why we're together is to grow and push each other to be the people that we're meant to be. So Mm. stay on that track. Um, I really love listening to Stacey Martino's content and like I, any challenge we face, it's like, we obviously have the best intentions for each other and we, there's a good reason to everything that we do. Um, and if we can get through that together and, and just yeah. obviously, it's going to give us the next tool and the next stepping stone for the next challenge.
1: The next challenge, which I got to ask. I mean, like, kids are those? I mean, are they coming soon?
0: Yes. Um, oh, are they really? <laughs> um, not like. Soon,
1: soon. Like we're not pregnant. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, that's not uh, what I was asking. But yeah, that's good to I know too.
0: <laughs> Exclusive on the theory, Marley's pregnancy the, announcement. No, the no, literal, no.
1: Literally, the headline of this thing would be like, Marley announces she's pregnant.
0: <laughs> that's the best clickbait, and they have to wait for like the last. That's five very, and
1: it's not clickbait though, because it actually happened. But well, it's
0: not happening. But it's
1: yet. it's not yeah. happening. So okay, but.
0: um uh, But no, we talk about it, and we're like, soon. Um, in the next. Few years, we're going to Africa next year, like in twenty
1: twenty.
0: We're going to be building a school with Village Impact. So that's like, oh, that's like, so cool. Yeah, I had no idea that like this would ever happen in my life. Like, it's something that I would think of and be like, "Wow, that'd be amazing if that could happen." And then we were like, whoa what if we actually do it?" Right. So that's kind of a big bucket list thing that's happening next year. It's amazing. Um, and and our, like the business is is growing, and I feel like we're just we're at a peak in the business. But at the same time, like, does that peak ever like we don't want that to stay. But we just want to keep growing. So really, there's no great time to like pause and have kids, but I, we want it and we want to have kids and we just will work around it.
1: Do you want like a big family or a smaller family or do you know?
0: Um, Probably like we've always kind of said two-ish.
1: Two-ish, yeah.
0: Kids? Wayne yeah. King Wayne's one of six kids and I just have a brother. So um, I think two is a good... <laughs> good
1: in between yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a good image well i'm from well there's eight well was eight of us um you know seven of us now um but uh yeah i always just tell people i'm like not yet but when it comes it's one at a time just
0: one at one time. at a time
1: just figure it out as it figure it out as wayne it goes just
0: came into the room and
1: he's like six <laughs> six wayne just that's two. that's a big that's a big ask man i don't know you can't oh, i don't know yeah. if you can ask for six up front oh. Gotta Just carry them. two, possibly three. Just Ooh. two, possibly three. Ooh, all right. So he's coming back to to your level with everything.
0: <laughs> do you
1: have to, Do you have time for one more like segment, or are you running short on time? No, this is great. Okay, cool. I have one last segment that I did want to get to, um specifically because so typically speaking, like uh, a lot of the interviews that I do are are guys interviews, and so I always like. Interviewing women because like I, I feel like they do bring a unique perspective. I mean we have have had Rachel on here and uh, Natalie Hodson on here. And like one of the questions that I've kind of talked to them about and that I would be curious to know your take on as well is, do you think that it is harder for women in the entrepreneurship world that you're a part of? because like it's it's this weird thing of like it's not corporate. And like I've never really dealt with corporate. like I sold a little corporate ish mm-hmm. when I sold insurance, but like mostly I've been an entrepreneur and and dealt with people like you and I. And so like I understand that there's probably a lot of challenges that go into like corporate uh, for women specifically. but like in your world in your space, do you feel like you've had any disadvantages or advantages or like roadblocks that maybe a guy wouldn't have that you've had to deal with?
0: I guess I wouldn't know the other side. Um, and I also wasn't in corporate like the most, I mean, I, I was a social media manager and, and I, I did work. Um, I worked in event management. I guess there, there was quite the boys club there. Um, and there were some comments like some like minor hashtag me too stuff that I'm not
1: going to,
0: no, it's just annoying. It's right. And um, I'm just like, okay, hey, I'm just going to remove myself from this situation. Right. Um, so just kind of things like that. But when it comes to my career, my opportunity and the business that I build and the people I get to work with, I'm thrilled that, that I feel like people perceive me as an equal. Um, it's really cool to me too, that I can work with like older grown men and they respect me as a woman and, and that they even look to me for advice, even though like, even just sometimes being like, you're older than me. Like sometimes
1: even just that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're, you, you've always been you've always been young, Josh, you've always had a business as a young person. And right. People still look to you with respect because of they, they don't look at the age and the number. Right. Um, so luckily I feel like I've had a good experience. If anything, like I get weird comments on social media, but for the most part, like I've been pretty lucky. And, and when I have been in situations where I felt like there was a boys club thing going on um, or some disrespect, like I just, I just removed myself from it and didn't let it phase me because I know that there's other people out there that need what I have to offer.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like in the world that you and I live in, that that's pretty much the case, right? Like, because of what social media has done and kind of leveling the playing field, I've never, like, I've never really seen it to where people like degrade women or respect them less, right? Like, that's not the circle that I run in. But like, I've gone to a couple corporate meetings where where I like kind of got a hint of that. In just the meeting in a, in a, a scenario or a setting that that should not happen in at all, right and you're like, wow, that's actually a thing right like that's that is a thing, but I feel like we've been i don't know if blessed is the right word but like I just feel like the environment that you and I live in in the this online internet marketing space and just like the the i want to call it like the new wave of businesses right like in the online space like results thankfully speak louder than anything mm-hmm. and you know, I I think that one of the things that I really appreciate about the ClickFunnels world, and I know you're heavy in the ClickFunnels world, so as am I, is that like it's led by a group of people that are good moral people, yeah. and like I mean, you look at Russell, and like I'm not Mormon, I don't agree with everything that you know Mormons believe, and nor do they believe with everything that I believe, but like there's pretty common ground as far as like what's right and what's wrong, and the community that they've kind of fostered there like even if you, when you go to funnel hacking live there is a different vibe at funnel hacking live than there is at other conferences there just is and it's like it's a much more family friendly environment but even like even on stage the stage like at the end where you've got like the tony robbinses or the garrett whites on there where there is some language like it's done in such a way where it's like okay look like the whole vibe that you're feeling like you understand that there is a common theme of respect. And it's not derogatory. Right. And I think that that is, that's rare. And so like, for me, like I always think of my parents, they tell me, you don't know how good you have it until you you go away from it. Right. And then you go to other places and I don't want to call out you know, any specific person specifically, but like, I'm going to call out a specific conference. Like you go to 10X GrowthCon and then you go to Funnel Hacking Live. And I don't know if you've ever been to 10X. Like it's a different environment, like totally, totally different environment. And there is kind of a boys club feeling in, in that because it is more of a corporate setting. And it like, it's just so interesting to me because that never in my, like for me, I mean, I grew up homeschool. I grew up on a farm, like, you know, everybody shoots everybody equally, but like <laughs> that never, like never would have crossed my mind. You know what I mean? And so I was just curious if you had ever run into something like that, or if you see any unique challenges or things that women face in your world and what you do that maybe men don't.
0: Yeah. Luckily, I think I've, I've been very fortunate. Um, some minor comments and things that were said to me that I'm just like, "Mm, mental note, I'm going to remember that. Um, but for the most part, like I'm, I, you're right. We we have an incredible circle of entrepreneurs that we surround ourselves with, um, amazing leaders in this space that, that have good morals and, and excellence.
1: Good, good. Well, okay. Well, Marley, um, I can't believe it's already been an hour, over an hour.
0: We no, it goes so fast.
1: Just go so fast. So I, I want to get to rapid fire questions because we always kind of end every interview with rapid fire questions. And then there's one question that I end every interview with that will end with um, yours as well. But um, moving on, like kind of moving on to the, the rapid fire question uh, space here. One really quick, like I don't want to spend a whole ton of time on it, but I just want to just touch on it. How much have... Actually, let me rephrase this we meet a lot of people as you travel, right? Especially you with as much as you travel and you build friends with a lot of maybe even your clients. Mm-hmm. How do you keep friends and business relationships separate for people that you want to be friends with?
0: Hmm. That's a good question. Cause some of my clients I have very close relationships with. Right. Um, how do I keep those separate? I mean, like sometimes we just have like business conversations being like, okay, hey, I'm putting my, like my business hat on right now. And now I'm putting on my, my friend's hat. Um, and luckily, like, I think I've, I've been very tactful in how I communicate so that it is just like I respect you and I, we need to have healthy boundaries with each other. Um, I'm even thinking like, so Chris, you mentioned Christy code, Like she's, she's one of my longest clients and just one of our, favorites. She's wonderful. And she and I have a really unique relationship, especially because she's also someone that's pretty, um, she's pretty guarded as a person. Like she's a very strong female individual and, and gosh, like she, she has no BS attitude. So also she keeps her circle pretty small. And I, I feel honored that, that I've made my way into that little circle. Right, right. Um, and I, I love that kind of relationship because I think it makes us closer. And then also that, that relationship where we care about each other in business too means that I can give her my best and I can know her intimately enough to know what she needs and, and to provide her that for her business and that she trusts me to do that for her. So that, that yeah,
1: feels really awesome to me. Yeah. It's interesting because like, I feel the, the, I don't even know if more successful is the right word, but like just the more I grow in business, um, especially In the social media world, I mean, I I tried to clear out all my messages before I took my social media fast and I came back and I'm like 99 plus messages on Instagram and just like this and DMs everywhere. And I'm like, I, the more like followers I get, the smaller I keep my circle, right? The less people I talk to. I used to be super friendly on Instagram with anyone that would message me and I would sit there and give them advice and tell them about, you know, my life stories and like things like that and like encourage them. And it's not that like I don't wanna do that anymore, but besides the fact that, Like it's time, right? Like it does take a lot of time to do that. Like some things like sharing your story and being open and vulnerable in a one-on-one way and setting like that, like, is just not something that I like doing. And Mm -hmm. I like, I like to keep things private. I don't like people knowing everything about my life. Not, not that I have anything to hide per se, but it's like people can twist things so quickly. And like, you know, you say something and, and it gets out and all it takes is one person to misinterpret something the wrong way. And, you know, kind of your reputation is ruined. And so like, I'll, even a lot of the people that I used to be friends with, like I'm not friends with them anymore in the sense of now that we're like, we had a falling out, but I just don't talk to them. I don't in, invest the time into them because I realized that like, the relationship is not worth it or th- there's not enough value in the relationship that I can give to them and that they can give to me. And so for me, like I try to keep my circle small and invest in people that I can really invest in because I don't like being a taker, right? Like if I'm gonna have a relationship with someone, I gotta be equally giving or more than what they're giving me, or else I feel bad about it. I feel guilty about it. And so for me, it's just easier to just people. I get so many messages all the time, and I'm sure you do as well. Of people that I mean, I made the uh, the post yesterday about you know selling the business. Like I have had so many messages of people that are like, when you come here, let's hang out. When you come here, let's do this. Hey, reroute your plans so we can hang out. I'm like. Since when, and b- by the way, guys, everyone listening, I love you all. I like, I appreciate, you know, like I, I love the fact that we can go and, you know, hang out and do things and you follow me or whatever. But like, since when does somebody need to reroute their plans to come hang out with someone that they've never met? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like some people do it in a very respectful way and it's awesome. You know, it's loving. But there are some people that are like legitimately like get upset when you won't change your plans to go hang out with them. And I'm like, Since when is that a thing, right? Like, I don't know you. So anyway, random side note there.
0: All the more reason why I need to protect my energy. Right, right. For me and my girlfriend. Right. And energy is big. That's great. Right,
1: right. For sure. So anyway, guys, I do love you. I promise I'm not mad at you, any of you for asking me to hang out. But if you're one of those, you probably know who you are. If you're one of those few people that are just being pushy and annoying, I don't want to hang out with you. Not because I don't like you, but because I have a life. I have a girlfriend and energy is a thing. So anyway, yeah. all right, um, let's go to rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire questions. So these are just like fun little questions about you, your life and uh, what you like.
0: Okay.
1: Favorite airline to travel?
0: Uh, Delta.
1: Delta. I feel like that's a pretty common thread with a lot of people. They're just so that's good. That's
0: a really great thing. Good for Delta. Although I yes. hear their acronym is don't expect luggage to arrive, but I've had a really good experience.
1: I've never had a negative experience with Delta on the luggage side of things simply because I never check bags. So I'm always carry on. Yeah. yeah,
0: Delta and Alaska, surprisingly, has been really good to me.
1: Really? Okay. I've only flown Alaska. um, They were like the only airline that flew into uh, Yakima, uh, uh, Washington, the little city I was flying to. And they're like one of the only airlines that flew there. And so I've only flown them like twice. But yeah, I love Delta. And we're going, so we're traveling, uh, going around the world now, and like I have to check bags and mm-hmm. Delta is significantly, significantly more expensive when you fly overseas. So we're not flying Delta overseas. Um so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of all plays out.
0: Yeah.
1: But um, least favorite airline to fly.
0: Um Air Canada slash United. Both of them are
1: terrible. Both of them are terrible. Okay. I know you're not a sports car, like fancy car person, right? So what is your choice of splurge on an expensive item?
0: Um well, I, uh, hmm.
1: like do you have I have a dream car, right? Yeah. My dream car is a, you know, Lamborghini, uh, you know, Huracan Spider convertible, the whole 9 yards like a quarter million dollars, right? What's your quarter million dollar Luxury or half million dollar luxury? Is it a dream house? Is it a vacation? Uh, is it a yeah, car? A is it a... house,
0: That's going to be like millions. So be
1: million. So, that, <laughs> so that's... like that's your guilty pleasure, though.
0: Yeah, but like I I was looking online yesterday. and dream house is just like daydreaming about that. So yeah, I want my dream house.
1: Is that like how much?
0: Oh, I mean at least a million. Mean, I don't know what market value is wherever people are listening, but like here I can get a, a pretty nice mansion for like just over a million.
1: And what well, like what does that need? What is a Marley mansion? need to entail?
0: Um, I wanted to have like a big yard in the front, like big open driveway, big garage, which I think we would turn into a studio um, and nice like filming sets. I want big staircase, I want marble and like massive bathroom, big bathtubs, um, movie theater, big backyard, ooh, a a balcony too. I really like working outside from a balcony so that's an overlooking something pretty,
1: yeah. Are you a, a a water person, a nature person, an ocean like what's your preferred location?
0: Um, I like water. I mean, where I am, it would have to it would be like a little artificial lake would be great. <laughs> um so yeah, that would be really pretty
1: and do you want it near like civilization or do you want it like secluded in the middle of nowhere?
0: Um near enough that it's not a long drive and that I can still order groceries to my house yeah. <laughs> um but but also that I don't have a neighbor like that I can stick my arm out my window and reach.
1: And touch. Yeah. You, you got to be close enough for Amazon Prime, right? That's exactly. my that, That's my thing. If Amazon Prime can do it, I'm good. And so. Instacart. And, and Instacart. Is that what you use? Yes. I, I, I never used Instacart. so oh,
0: good. it's a game changer.
1: <laughs> good to know. Okay. Um, coolest life experience that you've been able to experience since starting your entrepreneurship?
0: <sighs> I think Africa will be. But, um, just a few weeks ago, I went to Alaska with a bunch of friends from inner circle and we went yeah. like well, me fishing in Alaska. And I had no idea that I was going to love it as much as I did. So that was amazing.
1: I've heard that though. Like, my dad's a big outdoorsy person. And so like growing up, we would go camping and fishing and, you know, all out in the woods everywhere. And it's like surprisingly super fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, even for those people that like are like, Oh, I could never go out in the wilderness. Like you kind of get out there. And like, once you, Except the fact that you're out there. I feel like it's super fun. I feel like a lot of yeah. people really enjoy it. Yeah. It
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, biggest regret in life.
0: Oh gosh. Biggest regret in life.
1: Or a big regret that you have. I
0: mean, um, around family deaths, like not spending more time with them or like that's a that's a big thing that we talked about with like building your lifestyle, building a business that fuels your lifestyle. So yeah, it's like time with family.
1: Okay. All right. I've got, uh, one more rapid fire and then we're going to get to our final question. And, um, you can, this next question, you can choose to go whatever direction that you want with it. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of leave it open ended and I f- firmly expect maybe some shots fired here, <clears throat> but what do you think of American politics? Oh gosh. <laughs> I didn't specify any names. I left it open ended so that you could go wherever you wanted with that.
0: Okay. Well, it's crazy when I go to the States, how many news channels you have, like, CNN and Fox and whatever else like it's we don't even hear that kind of stuff above the border like we We don't have news stations. I mean we do have news stations, but not not like that Um, So I feel very comfortable in my little Canadian nest although I spend more time in the States Um, I guess I'm not educated enough to know I I just see like whatever I see on social media when people are are Blasting your president, Mm. but then I also see the other side where they're grateful for for the things that your president is doing and I don't know enough about it, but I just think that life is good. So, I am potentially unaffected, or whatever is affecting me has not bothered me.
1: Yeah, where do you learn? Where do you get like your news about American politics? Then, like, do you just—is it just social media?
0: Yeah, really. Faithfully, faithfully. Oh. So it's oh. so filtered or it's biased, right? So I don't...
1: Super biased. Yeah, you have me yeah. over here. You're, you're getting an opinion from me. That's not a good idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. About American politics. Interesting. Okay. Well, I, because I I talked to... I have an assistant who... Actually, she's not even my assistant anymore. She's been promoted. Um, But I have a, someone that works for me, Carrie, who lives in Canada. And oh. yeah, she's um, And she always tells me... She's like, you know, sometimes I just sit back here and laugh and so i sent her uh this picture of i'll have to send it to you afterwards but it was this picture of this moose and there's these two moose that are sitting in a i think it's like a a kid's like play pool okay in their front yard and across the street there's just like this massive house just like burning up in flames right and the caption is um all canadians watching american politics accurate (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much us. That's so. funny. Okay, last question, rapid fire. Or last, I guess not rapid fire, but last question <laughs> that we ask everybody. Um, fast forward to the end of your life. You're on your deathbed. And everything that you've done in life, every, like all your money, success, everything is gone. But every single person that you have ever touched or influenced either directly or indirectly, you get to leave them with one final message. What would that message be?
0: Oh, get me right in the feels. Um, one final message. Um I think I would go back to like kind of what I was saying about be do have and commitment, like be who you need to be, do what you need to do to have what you want to have.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. It's always interesting to me to see how different people reply to that and the, the like the common threads um around that. When you talk to a wide variety of people, um you tend to get, I mean, like as I don't think I've ever had someone on the show that's younger than I am. So I'm like the youngest person, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you, you know, and I wouldn't necessarily say I have had any old people on the show, a couple older people, but like 10 years, 15 years, that's a long time, right? Like you can learn a lot over that time. So even if oh. someone's 10 or 15 years ahead of you or 20 years ahead of you in life, like you can learn a lot from that person, I feel like. And um, it's interesting for me to see the, the commonalities. I don't think, no, I know not one single person that we've said that to, I think has ever mentioned money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think that's an interesting fact. So Marley, this has been amazing. Thank you so um, much for your time and fun. for coming on here.
0: Thank you. This is so fun. I remember what, when we were trying to make that last podcast happen uh, at the airport or trying to get it before our flight. I was like, ah, I gotta be on the show. It's going to be so fun to hang out with you for an hour slash hour and a half. This is yeah. Like- it's
1: been an hour, like an hour and 20 minutes. This is a longer, a longer episode, but I love it. I love it. And it's funny. Um, a lot of people have requested it, like the, the interviews. They like the interviews. We'd stopped them for a week, and everyone's like, "Bring them back" or whatever. But uh, when we put out, like I, on Instagram, you know, you, you know, I put out a lot of polls and like stuff on there, and I'm like, "Hey, who should I have on there?" Y- you have been requested m- many times, so um, yeah. So this will be a, a lot of people are going to be excited to to check out and hear this interview. So I Giving appreciate your time. Giving the people what they want. Giving the people what they want. That's right. <laughs> so I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Thank you so much, Marley. Uh, any last words for uh, the fans? Actually, I, I totally forgot before you do that. Where can people find out more about you if they want to follow you or learn more about you know what you do in, in business and in life?
0: Yeah. Um, my YouTube, youtube.com slash Media. Follow me on Instagram. I have a lot of fun on my Instagram stories. I try my best to be an Instagram stand-up comedian on my story. So, so
1: I can follow. vouch for that.
0: Yeah. You can follow me over there. See if yeah. I did a good job or maybe I just set expectations and I'm going to horribly fail either one. It's fine. I entertain myself. That's what matters. That's right. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I would love to yeah connect with all of you guys over there.
1: Yes. Follow her over there, guys. We will link both of those down below. My amazing team who you know, Daxian and Ryan, will get that taken care of. Shout out Daxian and Ryan for being awesome. And Anne, because she hooks it all up as well. So Marley, uh, any final words for the guests of Think, or the listeners of Think Different Theory?
0: Thank you for listening. Um, go out there, be committed, and follow me on Instagram.
1: <laughs> and follow her on Instagram. Always plug. Guys, this has been the incredible Marley Baird, not Marley Bard,
0: Oh man, I as had it I, like so many times. As I
1: used to butcher, I thought about introducing you wrong on purpose uh, on this, but I did. I be like,
0: click, sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's the end of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, uh, this has been the incredible Marley Baird. Um, as always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. I love you all. And I will see you on in the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace.